What's your dog's name? Finny. 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 Where'd you come up with Finny? Yeah. Uh, it's uh, I, I'm not sure. It's uh, it's uh, my girlfriend named him. So oh, I'm really more of a, a dog stepdad. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought you guys got the dog together. No, no, no. She she already had him. Uh, I, I, I came into the picture as the new guy. As the new guy. Did he bite you? Was he jealous? No, I mean, there was like definitely like an adjustment period where, you know, like um, when I would like, you know, come home, he would like start barking. And now it's now he knows who I am. Well, so we're good. buddies. That's good. Know? Yeah, because yeah. there's some dogs that are very protective of their mothers, you know, especially if a new guy, yeah. a, a long hair mustache guy comes around, you know. <laughs> exactly. It sets off like the warning sometimes. We want him over. Everywhere. Dogs see and red Yeah, flags, exactly. Right? <laughs> don't, but dogs do. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Hey, what's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to the Hypothetical Comedy Podcast. Uh, I am Funky Sam Medina alongside Athena Rodriguez. And we are here with a very wacky and fun New York comedian, Joe Gorman. What's up, Joe? Hey, what's up, everybody? It's good to talk to you, man. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been a spell, man. It's good to yeah. see you. You always uh, what good to I, see the shoulder movie? of Athena. What was that? <laughs> You're always one of my favorites. I love hearing uh, yeah. your improv war stories. Oh yeah, man! You know me, dude. I've uh, I've served some time. I've seen some things, man. <laughs> you know, we're, some of us are 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 fundamentally changed after this. Yeah, definitely. What do you have going on lately, uh, comedy wise? Are you just kind of getting out everywhere and just just being a beast out there in New York? What's been happening? Yeah, yeah. Um, nightly shows are back. So um, out and about, I usually have at least one or two show uh, showcases a week. Awesome. Uh, just doing open mics uh, in between, keeping busy. Uh, they they just removed the mask mandate for New York Transit, so oh, everyone's wow. just kind of out and about. Yeah, yeah. It's like some people still wear a mask, but now it's it's completely optional, even though it wasn't really that strictly enforced before right i mean yeah it's technically always been optional i guess <laughs> i mean yeah people it's just like they won't kick you out sides. for not wearing a mask people yeah. were dicks about it on both sides but it was yeah. optional. yeah <laughs> and now look and now we just some people just were able to ride the whole thing out just like they said they would hell yeah that's cool uh, do, you ever, do you ever see any of the the comics that you met on zoom in new york Oh, yeah. Every once in a while, but I never, I, I never, I, I, I'm so bad with names and faces. Yeah. So then, like they'll they'll say, I just met one uh, just the other day, last Wednesday at, at the stand. Some of them just moved out, you know. Yeah. But every once in a while, they say, Oh, I did your Zoom mic, and I'm like, Oh, that's fun. That's cool. <laughs> well, this is like completely different. You know. <laughs> I did your like, Zoom mic. Is, you this is the real out. deal. Remember, remember that time it, you yeah. your Zoom mic? Don't kick me this one. Was, I would have said. Hey, that's Von Traeger that kicked you out, man. <laughs> you gotta go to Chicago. For He's that in reason. Chicago. Yeah, yeah. Take your vengeance to the Windy City, dude. It's not on me. Really, very interesting Kill Bill story. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So let's go way back. Like, what was it uh, like growing up as Joe Gorman? Did you grow up in uh, the San Francisco area? No, I grew up in uh, Leavenworth, Kansas. My dad oh. was uh, in the military. So uh, he worked at Fort Leavenworth, and I grew up in uh, Leavenworth, Kansas. And uh, it wasn't until my mom got uh, remarried that we moved out to California. That was in like 1999. Um, okay, so you right were just eighth grade. Yeah. You were just like getting onto adulthood a little bit, just about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I uh, I lived in San Francisco up until uh, 2018 uh, oh. when my job transferred me to our New York office. And then I've, I've just been in New York ever since. Hell yeah. Well, that was our podcast. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> hey, man, we did it. <laughs> the, life story, the life story of George Gorman in one sentence. Perfect, dude. So we knocked it out. Like, we, can, we can move on with our lives. <laughs> was it a big, like, uh, I don't know, I guess not culture shock, but kind of. Was it yeah. like a big culture shock from Kansas to California? Um, a little bit, but I think in a good way, just uh, I think moving to a coastal town is uh, 
good for growing up. Uh, and I was right at that developmental age where I think it was beneficial to kind of grow up in a place like California instead yeah. of uh, Kansas, you know? So um, I guess it was a culture shock, but it was one that I was able to, you know, flourish under and, and get the, the best of myself out of. Hell yeah. When you moved out to California, yeah. we were like, whoa, traffic lights. What? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, it's like, cause I, um, it was just kind of cool to like live by the ocean. Cause it was like, Oh geez. You know, cause Kansas is like right in the fucking middle of everything, man. So it, all you see is uh, amber waves of grain. Oh, <laughs> you see that? Any purple yeah, mountains? Like, no purple mountains. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> and the fruited plains, of course. And, so, you know, going to college out here too, right? In the Bay area. I went to San Francisco state. Yeah. What did you, what did you study? English. English, oh, nice. man. Yeah, that's cool. Do you think uh, studying like a, English? Uh, yeah. Do you think studying English helped you uh, in comedy in the long run? A- absolutely fucking not. No, <laughs> not at all. What would have been better is just going out and doing comedy. It's 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 like having a college degree is good if you need like a fallback plan, but it matters less and less and less in this world that we live in now. You know, so I kind of, yeah. I mean, I I feel like. It was, I was like that generation. I kind of got fucked by going to college because, like, everyone after that was kind of like, I'm not going to go to college anymore. But everyone before that was like, you need to go to college in order to thrive. Yeah, like, I think it was but now it's around like, that time when yeah. it was like, you have to go to college. And then after that, it was like, uh, you know, maybe, maybe, uh, yeah. school. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. It was like when the market crashed in like 2008, everyone was like, damn, we need stuff outside of just colleges. That's probably and that, you know, a lot of people. It's, it's getting harder and harder for people to be homeowners now. So it's like, well, what's the point of even going to college if, if you know, I'm just going to rent an apartment forever, you know? Yeah, that's Ooh, true. Bummer. Sad, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Joe, you made us all sad. My little oh. baby, dude. We're like, what's life? Get over what it, What is dude. it worth? <laughs> you want it? Yeah. Yeah, you got a fucking problem with that? Go overthrow your government, man. That's not on us, dude. Hell we yeah. can establish yeah, that. That's what we did in like what 1775. We're like enough of this shit, and we're gonna fucking kick a little ass until we get what we want. And, and surprise, surprise, man, we don't have to drink tea anymore in America. <laughs> now we can just drink fucking coffee and shit. I'm drinking coffee right now. Woo! Yeah, dude, we're not gonna take it anymore. <laughs> that's what that song's all about. Yeah. It's about beating up the the British. That's why I'm not sad that Queen Elizabeth's dead, dude. What's up with these like Americans? These these traitors <laughs> being sad at Queen Elizabeth. I know, right? Like we got away from lost. <laughs> yeah. Well, last time I checked, we fucking kicked your ass, which means we don't have to fucking be sad that you're dead. We're happy. We finished what we started, dude. Hey, King Charles, watch the fuck out, dude. Now America's got royalty blood on the mind, dude. We're royal riled up. That yeah, was that when, That's uh, what Joe Biden. Yeah. I heard that when she became queen, they hated her so much that we discovered America. Sick. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Dang. No, sorry. I was kind of old in that joke. That was hurtful. I know. Okay. <laughs> so let's move on from that terrible oh. thing. Uh, how, yeah. did you, uh, how did you get interested in doing stand-up comedy? I was bitten by a radioactive comedian. Oh, what? That's crazy. How did you yeah, get radioactive? Yeah, fucking wild. Oh, you know, I was at a open mic uh, near one of those big ass Tesla fucking lamp things that had electricity and shit. Uh, and I wanted, I liked, uh, I liked doing theater when I was younger, but I hated drama. You know, like I like doing like the improv stuff, but I didn't like the improv people. And I'm like, there's got to be like a, the fucking a perfect way without being around these improv dorks. <laughs> And not having to be like fucking serious and shit, you know? Yeah. And it was like, ah, stand-up comedy, the perfect thing to flourish in as a as a cis white male, you know? There's not enough. And and it, that's right. It's uh it's it's an Epcot, dude. It's the best of the best. <laughs> white men are genetically predisposed by uh uh, being being basically uh, uh, couch bound and consuming so much news and, and and internet and and being able to recite it so eloquently on stage to like minded white men ever so eloquently ever so eloquently. Yeah. So when did you start going to open mics? <coughs> oh, 
did you start going to open yeah. mics when you were still in college or did you like graduate college and just kind of uh, looking for something to do? I, I dabbled a little in college. I think I started, um, I probably started like, I tried some open mics in like 2005 and I, I kind of did it on and off, but it wasn't until like, I would say 2009 that I got pretty serious about about doing it and then like 2010 was like all right i'm gonna start recording everything i'm gonna start like you know actively trying so that's where like the real record starts is in like 2010 i think yeah probably i think 2000 you know other than that was just kind of getting into it getting your feet wet and getting a feel for it and then 2010 yeah. like i'm in business now that's so crazy we met so yeah. many people that started in 2010 it was a good year for comedy it was kind of the comedy boom too that time frame because we both started it around was that the renaissance well. it was the yeah. renaissance of comedy that's crazy. Everyone was in the bay together. area especially in the bay area that's rad in the bay area comedy verse that was the origin of it was 2000 you call it a verse <laughs> no yeah the comedy verse oh no, okay verse i was like verse wow, the, the a... bay area comedy verse <laughs> Yeah, like, like when uh, you like go out, yeah. You do, you do like a... you do our little theater. You you <laughs> fucking do the brainwash, oh, you know? Yeah. You you oh, do uh, you you fucking you, you get out there and you fucking grind it out, man. You yeah. find yeah. another one. Any social club. You go in there and you do like a bump of really sketchy cocaine and then you <laughs> then you go to the to the to the dark room theater and you'd you'd watch a show there. You know, anything's possible. But no. now, look, it's all gone. No, now there's no Bay Area comedy at all. There's a little bit. I went we, uh, before the pandemic. Where? We were frequently our our little theater. I love that spot. It's the greatest place uh, that seats eight people. Hell yeah! Whatever happened to that place? As far as I know, it's still around. I mean, um, that's amazing. It, it was uh, pre-pandemic. It was Tony Sparks and Anthony Medina running it. Oh hell yeah! Yeah, hell, I don't know about uh, that. what what was it? True hustle, true hustle. Yeah, what? A, yeah, man, damn. Hell yeah! Do you now have any, who's, like now um, who's the big producer in the Bay Area? What was that? Who's the big producer in the Bay Area now? Um, who is? Tony Sparks is doing a lot of shows still. I think I right. There's so many. Good. There's so many people. There's, there's so, so many producers now. Yeah. Like, Yikes. Not oversaturated. You know, uh, do you know Arturo Regoza? More than, a, yeah, of course. Yeah, he's doing a lot of stuff. He's doing a lot. Of, he's doing a big, and he's going to spend a lot of time in LA. Um, so between Uh-oh. producing shows in the Bay Area, doing time in LA, like he's doing a lot of stuff, and he's making like videos and content and things like that. So he's somebody who's doing a lot of shows. Oh yeah, Suitman. You know Suitman, I think, right from Zoom. Dante. Bennett. Oh hell yeah. He does a lot of shows too. Yeah. He doesn't do a lot of shows out in the Bay Area, but he'll come out here once in a while and do a show. Because he's out of Seattle. Damn. Yeah. Do you, you keep in touch with any of the Zoom comics? What was that? Did you keep in touch with any of the Zoom comics? Yeah, yeah. actually quite a few. We uh we hung out with Deb Marr a few times. Uh, nice. Deb Marr lives. San Francisco? No, she lives. She lives. She made it. She made it through the pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> she did. Uh, we hung out with Sharita recently from Texas. She was out here. Nice. Hell yeah. yeah Hell yeah. Fun. And then uh, yeah, that's it, awesome. We met originally. We met Eric Newton on Zoom, but we've been hanging out with him a lot too, and doing some stuff with him. And he's super awesome. And he's doing a big ah, right that's now. Sick. Yeah, he's hosting that Star Wars parody uh, burlesque show. Yikes, watch oh my out. God, it was amazing, it's, yeah. Joe. If it's ever around you or you get the chance, you have to watch it. It's so fun. It's incredible. Be careful. It's incredible. Disney might fucking sue him. You know oh, how they are. With they might, but one property. time he said that Disney people were in the audience and they loved it. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's what they said. That's what they said. They went back to the mouse, be like, hey, what are they doing? Yeah. <laughs> and then the next day. The night, oh, we loved it, and we're gonna really love shutting it down more. Oh Watch out! Disney <laughs> doesn't like to do anything. Disney doesn't like us doing anything. So the most we ever got was like She-Hulk fully clothed twerking, and that's the closest <laughs> we're ever gonna get to anything sexual in in fucking Marvel anytime soon. Sorry, yeah, folks. Dude. You know, but you know, thankfully now that Vince McMahon is dead, 
Maybe we'll see some bra and panty matches in WWE again. <laughs> maybe. Or maybe like maybe, maybe hopefully uh a uh a WWE wrestler raping a corpse at a uh oh in a uh, a funeral home or something, you know? Yeah, they've already Isn't done that. that cool? They've already like, done that. I know. Well, like now it's like Hunter can't like reprimand anyone for like, you know, because it's like, damn, like, come on, DX. You gotta be fucking chill. <laughs> Well, I mean, yeah. it goes to his wife, so he's got to ask the wife before he can do shit like that. Ah, classic, dude. Hey, fellas, we've all been in that situation. Right? <laughs> it's you the American back, dream. You want to bring back? You want to bring back blading in the fucking ring, right? And then the woman's like, "No, someone could get hurt. Someone could get hepatitis." <laughs> you watch that dark side of the ring shit? Yeah, we do. We love it. Oh my god, hell yeah, dude. I have to be emotionally prepared, man. After the Bruiser Brody one, I was like, "Yeah, damn, that hurt." <laughs> it can be, it can be pretty depressing. Yeah. Could you imagine like giving your your life, your mind, and your body towards stand up comedy, where like all it is, it's like it doesn't need to be as taxing as it is. You just need to think of a funny thing and then just say it. But, like, <laughs> we, we act like it. Oh, you don't get CTE. We from act like it's like this. Yeah, people are like it's like this fucking struggle I'm in. And like the fact that like you know comedians call people who don't do comedy civilians is is still like so funny. Like we're like the active. It's like you haven't earned what I've earned. Like we're sitting at a fucking bar, you know, and somebody adds comedian to their Facebook profile. That's like stolen valor, you know. We're like, how dare they? How dare they make fucking stickers and merchandise before they even did a fucking triple run? You know, it's like you need to you need to waste a lot of money doing stand up. You haven't earned these fucking stripes. Like, I don't care. You know, <laughs> the only thing, the only thing more cringe than being like a, a stand-up comedian that, you know, who like, you know, one one month in that already has like a bunch of merch is being like a comedian that's like fucking 12 years in and being like, hey, f- how dare you? It's like, it's like it doesn't matter. <laughs> like, if, you're, if you're like that worried about somebody just starting out and about, about the fucking rules. What is this <laughs> shit, man? Like, anybody, what is that nonsense? Like, oh, this fucking person broke the rules. You think this is like McDonald's where, like, I put in, like, this amount of work so I deserve the promotion? It doesn't It doesn't fucking work like that. You got to build your own McDonald's. You got you to gotta go to somebody and, like, give them a big pile of shit. And they're like, what the hell is this? And they're like, a McNugget. And they're like, that is the worst fucking McNugget ever. And it's like, well, someday I'm going to keep working on this recipe. Eventually, it's going to be a McNugget you pay for. And that's all stand-up comedy is, is making an edible fucking McNugget out of your <laughs> dumb fucking thoughts, dude. That's all it is. Wow. Yikes. I what mean, a powerful thought, dude. That was that's spiritual, man. That's true. That's, I mean, that's yeah. like, I never thought of it like that. That's incredible. I hope my McNugget is sellable someday. <laughs> hope somebody that's all we can hope for, man. I'm paying for McNuggets right now, but I hope someday I can change that. Yes, someday you'll own the McDonald's, dude. I like it. I, like I, it I also like the idea of the comedy roles because, quite honestly, through the years, it always feels like each comedian knows comedy roles, but maybe just a quarter of them. <laughs> None of yeah. them are the same. <laughs> well, where's the comedy employee handbook? I want to know what that is. I find it. I just it always it. changes. Yeah, it's 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 online because it always changes. You have to keep updating it. The rules, no shorts on you stage. Be careful with that shit. Do you wear shorts? Do you wear shorts on stage, Joe? I don't see you as a, as a never person shorts. Once, one time I wore shorts on stage and I, I took a video of it to see how it looks and I'm like, damn, I don't like the man <laughs> to I see, am. To see if the the myth is true that it looks like shit. Yeah. It doesn't look like shit, but I just look like a little boy when I wear shorts. Oh, or dad's oh. like. Is that, like, yeah, no, but I, I don't look like a regular dad, you know. It's like I don't look like a regular guy. We gotta bring your dog on stage, but some more like a dad. Nah, maybe. I don't think my dog doesn't like going on stage though. So, not you, maybe you should teach the dog to jump through hula hoops and shit. That'd be fun. Something like that. He can barely he can barely bark when I ask him to or give me a spot. <laughs> you, have to, you have to have you have to have like a little fucking treat or something to get him to yeah. do that. You're like trying to. Change him into a stage dad already. I know. <laughs> like, yeah. Live vicariously through your child, Joe. Um, so back to San Francisco. What was the San Francisco scene like 
uh, for you? Because I know that you were out here, you were like making waves, you were doing good, you were hitting all the clubs yeah. uh, before you went out to New York. San Francisco scene was great, man. When I started, you know, there were a bunch of like heavy hitters in the scene, like Brent Weinbach and Moshe Kasher and Shang Wang and Emily Wong. They were still like going up every Sunday at the punchline, working on stuff. And the the scene was pretty good. You know, there were a lot of a lot of available mics. There was a lot of stuff going on, you know. San Francisco is always kind of like a little hot spot. It's a good place to get started. Oh yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. There's Definitely. a lot of op- there's just so many there's so many opportunities out there, you know. It's like uh, the first crowd too. And then you, you yeah, and you learn like what it takes to get work at like a club, you know, so you learn like the skills that you need to do, like how to talk to people, how to like work on your act, how to film and how to submit that tape. All the good stuff you need to learn to kind of, you know, prep you for if you move to New York or LA, which I think most people consider at some point in their career, you know, yeah, things yeah. start going well. That's rad. Yeah, that's true. And it's such yeah. a, such a uh, supportive community out here. It is. It's great. It's almost, well, that's like the problem is like sometimes it's like too supportive and you don't yeah. want to leave because people, so like, people get comfortable. People get comfortable. family. I can yeah. see that. I could see that. You're right about that. Too comfortable. Yeah. I could see that because like sometimes when people go, oh, I'm going to, I'm moving to LA or I'm moving to New York or something. And it's not like you feel jealous of them, but you're like, dang, they get to be around you, man. They're so lucky. <laughs> like, <laughs> they're so lucky. LA is so lucky. Because you start liking like some of the people that you share time with. You're both at the like shitty bars. You're you've both done showcases, you know. Right. You build that relationship and it's yeah. just like your friend moves away. <laughs> yeah, no, it is like it is like your friend moving away. It really isn't a lot of times. Like and then you when, never uh, see them again. Yeah, you never yeah, see him again. Exactly. Never again. I know. For real. For real. Uh, so what was it like then when uh, when you got the call to go to New York? Were you like super excited about yeah. that? Were you nervous about like? I was. I was. I was excited. I thought it was, you know, the best way. I thought that meant like, you know, this was it was meant to be. Um and I didn't know if I would ever have like the, you know, like I was talking about, it's hard to leave, you know? So yeah. I don't know if I was ever going to really take that initiative or if I was, it was always just going to be like, oh, I'll go a little later type mm-hmm. thing. So it was good that it happened, you know, and that I was able to kind of make that, that leap towards it and, and then take it. It was sad. It was a little sad, uh, but it was good. And everyone was nice and positive yeah. and supportive, which was important, you know? So it was, it ended up working out for the best. I think it made me a better person overall. Hell yeah. And what was the scene out there like compared to San Francisco? Bigger. It's much, much bigger. Um, uh, Like you could, you could basically stay in like, you know, one section of one borough and, and not meet other comedians. Like sometimes there's comics that are just actively doing stuff nightly and you just never see them because it's, it's just, it's such a big scene. It's such a big wow. scene in such a big area. Yeah. Holy crap. Yeah, I thought I thought the Bay Area was big. I can't wait to, to see what New York's like someday. Yeah, me too. Uh, oh, it's uh yeah, Manhattan alone is the size of San Francisco. So wow. Dang. Big. Yeah. Oh crazy. my gosh. Wow. So you could like live there for a year and still and still not like hit everything yet. Yeah, probably. Oh, absolutely not. Like I'm still Dang. I'm still finding like new places and new venues and wow. constantly meeting new people. Wow. So when you went out there, did you just kind of pick up where you left off? Just like hitting mics, hitting clubs, like hitting the shows, doing just yeah, full, full speed ahead. Yeah, that was like the best way to Yeah, that was like the best way to do it was just to start getting um as many spots as I could at as many uh places. Um Basically, like just kind of going on fa- Facebook was super helpful because it was there were a lot of groups oh, that yeah. I could go to and finding out the uh, uh, the nightly mics and you know I was going to the Creek in the Cave a lot because I was back in uh, a hub in New York where you know there was nightly open mics so I was meeting a lot of people there and oh, wow. then they would have suggestions of other places to go 
it was actually pretty easy to get booked at, at places through open mics just because like a lot of other people were always there like show producers were at mics constantly oh that's cool so uh, so people mm-hmm. just gotta see you at mics and they're like all right you're on my show that's so cool. That's cool. Yeah, they're like, hey man, I run a show. I run a show here. Like, I run a show. I book people through mics still. Yeah, today. it's I'm really like, good. Hey, I like that. You know, mm-hmm. can you come? Can you come to my show? Hell yeah, hell yeah, that's cool. Uh, so, so Joe, you're in New York. Uh, things are going great, and the pandemic hits. Yeah. Oh, dun dun dun. Um. Uh, how did how did Zoom comedy change your life? Because I know you were thriving on Zoom comedy. Uh, you were like <laughs> incredible, uh, and you were like a superstar. Like you really were. Ah, it was it was fun. You know, I I, did, I mean, there were definitely people that are like, "This is the future and forever of comedy." I'm like, well, I don't know about that, but it was it was at least good. Like it's like okay, I can I can think my thoughts and I can say them in front of people. And I can see how people react to that, which at its base, that's kind of what stand-up comedy is. You you say something funny and you see how a person reacts to it, either through YouTube comments, through Facebook likes, through Twitter retweets or whatever. So this is just, the, the Zoom was just like a new iteration of that, where it's like, how can I adjust my humor to this format? Like with Twitter it was okay. Things are limited to, you know, 280 characters. So you have to keep it limited, you know, or, you know, Facebook, you have to say things within like, you know, Facebook standards. You have to find (laughs) workarounds to get your message across, you know. And uh, with uh, Zoom comedy, I think it was kind of trying to recreate the experience of of live interactive stand up comedy, uh, despite everyone being, you know, in different time zones and different areas. And sometimes even with, uh, language barriers for some of the more international yeah. shows so it was just it was just learning how to um adapt to that and i remember thinking like well if anything it'll be like a placeholder so at least i'll have like a basic five five ish some minutes and then mm-hmm. you know once i go back and on, on stage and i think i think my I, my first time back on stage was maybe like uh let's see more uh probably may i would say like probably mid-may or june like I, we started doing my, it's like enough is enough. Yeah, uh, yeah. And then like, we were like, all right. Yeah, dude, 2020. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah, so, dude. It's like we had enough of this fucking shit. How was your first time back after the pandemic? Because we had an experience where we we're like, oh, whoa, it's different. I feel like we're better with timing. We're better with like a lot of different yeah. things. Did it feel different for you? Yeah, I haven't missed a beat. It was, it was great. It was like, good. Well, we can be. What she's saying, though, is like um, the first time I did stand up, but it's different because it was three months for you. It was a year and a half for me. Um, mm-hmm. But the first time I did stand up in front of an actual audience, it was weird because I would say a joke out of my mouth and I would hear instant laughter. And it was just like, whoa, I didn't have to, I didn't have to wait for yeah. a lag on that. Mm-hmm. That was pretty crazy. Yeah, it was wild. But like everyone was like down to, you know, have live comedy yeah new yes. york and new york i'm oh sure they're doing gosh. a ton of comedy out there do you uh yeah. do you think that zoom made you a better comic no no <laughs> not remotely made me a word it held me back <laughs> yeah. no, I can it, was fine. I can see that. it was fine oh yeah it was I think it, fine I think, you know i think it maybe uh made you a little more uh known um in different areas that you would have not been known in maybe otherwise like yeah middle of the u.s maybe even like uk yeah. places like that yeah and help me make connections yeah yeah. Networking. yeah i feel like that was the biggest plus. at least like I do it too. was that and all those fucking people dying that was pretty cool oh yeah that was that oh, was the man. best part <laughs> we're all just gonna was, keep each other one. are we on facebook yeah. <laughs> number two was the networking <laughs> number two was the, yeah and number one was those trucks and trucks of people that were coming out of new york oh god no. yeah good times terrible terrible it's what, what's it like now there though like nobody cares that like, covid's not really happening anymore it's just like just chill just good just back to normal everybody hits me with the covid schmoved no one cares anymore we don't wear fucking masks oh you that's right we you don't do lifted the mask restriction on the transit it's over. It's truly over, Sam. We won. 
you we're won. free. You guys did it. Yeah, congratulations. I knew we could just ride this whole thing out. Like That's a dirty subway. Oh, okay. <laughs> Speaking of transit, do you do you uh I mean do you just check the transit everywhere out there in New York and just kind of go to different places everywhere like the bus and the subways and shit like that? Mm-hmm. That must be super yeah, it's is super it, easy. Is it to better get than it's... Bay Area transit or oh, scary? By a mile. It's not scary and it's 24 hours a day and like all the subway stations are very well lit. It's great. You can go anywhere you need to go. That is so cool. That is really cool mm-hmm. because, like, I mean, as you as you know, because you lived it, Bart can be pretty sketch. Oh yeah. <laughs> so that's cool. Oh yeah. Well, not only that, but like when you have to take your car everywhere, you also have to worry about your car when it's parked. So right. <laughs> that's um, also yeah, a good thing. Not having to worry it. about that. Yeah, that's true too. So. You have like a you have like a unique style uh, uh, to your comedy where you just kind of like go up and you just like you know a lot of stuff you maybe you know you have pre written jokes and stuff but a lot of stuff also I feel like you're just kind of just riffing and just kind of going off the cuff and just saying funny shit. Um, is it natural? Like, how did you come up with that style? Or is that just the way? You um, just the, I think it just that kind of comes through on your own. I think like just the more you do comedy the more you kind of find your own natural voice. And for me, it's, you know, somebody that, that more or less kind of dominates the conversation only <laughs> with stand-up comedy. It's like, you're the only one in the conversation. So you're just trying to like almost talk over yourself in a way. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah, and you have yeah this, it's just something that. <laughs> you have this fun way of just like keeping the conversation going by yourself. <laughs> It's great. I love it. And speaking of that, you have some podcasts, or I think at least one of them that I've seen um, on Facebook yeah. that you advertised. How are your podcasts going? Uh, I got. I have one active podcast right now, and uh, it's called Locker Room Talk. And I run it with uh, two other guys, uh, Matt Marin and Bobby Sheehan. And it's great. We just uh, come over. It's, it's, it's recorded in my living room. Um, I edit it and then we just, we just cut up, up the pieces. We post it, uh, just three guys goofing around, having a good time living life. Hell yeah. I like that. Do you guys ever have a, a additional guests on there? No, that's like the beauty of it. It's just, it's just three guys. Yeah. Don't worry about anybody else. Whoa. (laughs) What what? Uh, the way you said that you're like you don't have to hear anybody. You don't else. have to worry about anybody else, like <laughs> scheduling or just like people being crazy or whatever. You just got those three guys. Yeah. That's it. You don't need anything else. That sounds hella fun. That's right. Especially if it's like, like we and we can all like kind of count on each other. What was that? Um, it's uh, it's just like and you can just count on like the guys you're you're doing the podcast with, you know, so you know it's going to be a good consistent thing whereas you know sometimes with a guest like who knows of it sometimes you can have like a bad guest and like crap you know <laughs> yeah totally sometimes you have a guest that hates improv and you just don't know what to do yeah my bad <laughs> oh man so um what what kind of what are your shows that you're running out there in new york uh, right now, I'm running a monthly show at the Tiny Cupboard, which is a comedy club in uh, Brooklyn. Uh, oh, I run that with my girlfriend Kelly Taylor, and we it's on the uh, it's on the last uh, Wednesday of the month. So uh, it's it's great. We got we got like a bunch of uh, great comics coming through doing that place. I don't know who they are yet. That must be <laughs> wonderful. That must be wonderful producing yeah. a show and getting to watch all these different talents. Like going up and oh, what a great way right. to see out! Truly, that sounds really. It's cool. awesome. I like that. that oh, so yeah. I've seen I've seen uh, the tiny cupboard. I've seen pictures of it. It looks like a really fun yeah comedy club and stuff like that. How did you? Uh, how did you rules. Start working with them? They just liked your uh, your comedy. 
they like to cut of my jib during like the pandemic. Uh, yeah, they had like a, a roof where people could perform in wow. like an outdoor, outdoor open space venue. So, and it was cool because you could also see like the Manhattan skyline from the rooftop. So oh, it was just wow. great. You know, that's so. That's nice. how we healed. I like it. Wow, so that's cool. So they were able to keep the comedy club kind of going on the roof. Yep. Damn, my fucking yeah. AirPods cool. keep falling out. Yeah. <laughs> they're not like the, they're not it's not like the the breakthrough technology it's because steve jobs is dead so now they're all like weird and shit but i think i got it now well all right they're in <laughs> <laughs> your 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 pods are like uh i'm done with this conversation we're done yeah <laughs> so tell us about the uh the world famous illustrious mustache of joe gorman uh this was uh this was a pandemic growth. I got it during the pandemic. Uh, it feels I was so like, natural maybe on I, you, uh, though. Isn't that <laughs> like, funny? It's always been there. <laughs> yeah. No, it does. It, it does great. feel like it's always and, been there. Yeah. I feel like... So, and then it's just like everyone loved it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> everyone loved it, so it was like in high demand. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. I feel like your mustache just like took on a life of its own. Iconic during the during yeah. the pandemic. You should have like it, raffled it off and then mailed it. Yeah. Oh my gosh, <laughs> Like you see the Ziploc baggie right here. Oh my god! This is Joe. Corbin's I bet mustache. you someone would have come out of the woodworks and was like, "It's mine." Oh man! And then they'd be on Zoom. Mike's wearing his uh, yeah. on mustache. <laughs> I've seen that mustache before. Right? It's not glued together. Somehow I trust it. <laughs> they just feel comfortable around that mustache. I don't know why. <laughs> it's like Austin Powers mojo. And then like, right. And then if he shaves it off and he's not funny anymore. Oh, dang. Oh, man. Did you what? fear? Did you have, oh, did you have that fear? If you faced, if you shaved off, never. Like you're uh, never, dude. No, I've always believed in myself. Hell yeah, I do too. <laughs> Are you okay? I almost drank hot coffee when you said that. That was dangerous. Oh, okay. Oh my God. <laughs> so you do a lot of. Uh, Are you uh, headlining um, any shows and stuff like that? Nah, just doing like the regular sets. Maybe someday. Maybe someday, Sam. Hell yeah. I would imagine there's a lot of uh, like big names out there that are headlining the shows probably, right? Yeah, it's like how can you compete with somebody who's on like Comedy Central or like a writer for The Tonight Show or SNL? I can't even imagine I can't even imagine like having those those like famous comics like in your scene. That's crazy. It's you know, wild, right? Yeah, because you know we got incredible headliners out here. You know, um, but they're right. like when they when they make it to those TV, you know, that's when they go to New York and LA and shit. So right, right. That's when they cast away from us. They get those <laughs> spots, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, good. I don't have to worry about you anymore. You know, <laughs> it's more spots for me. <laughs> so, Joe, uh, with all the stuff that mm-hmm. you're working on and everything. Uh, are there any like goals that you have yet to achieve or certain things or experiences you wanted to do um, comedy based or even outside comedy so far? I think at this point, um, the only goal is to, you know, find like a more permanent place in New York to uh, uh, settle down and, and call home. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're looking for a new place. And I think, uh, if we could find a place to, you know, uh, sign a long-term lease, that would be great and start wow. setting up some roots. I think that's the, uh, I think that's the final goal, you know? Wow, and then from awesome. there, it's like, yeah, let's we'll keep doing comedy. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. That is incredible. What do you do when you're not doing comedy? I know you're probably always doing comedy, but, uh, what do you do when you're yeah. not doing comedy? I play PlayStation. Everyone add me on the PlayStation network. Joe W. Gorman. I'll play video games with you. I just play video games and get high, baby. Hell yeah. That's the American dream, man. There it is. Yeah, you got to step high and play video games and get high. You're just doing everything right. right. You're just doing all the right things. Um, Do you still stream? Do you still stream on your your games and stuff? 
Nah, not really. Now it's a more personal thing. Yeah, also because more, more I, I'm, I'm uh, playing with, yeah, yeah, I'm playing with guy, but like, I'll play with anyone if they add me on the network. You can hop on anytime. <laughs> That's great. Hell yeah, it is. I like that too. I mean, you're quite a character. I feel like uh, when you had the streaming thing and then your presence online, yeah. it really kind of like uh, was a nice injection of serotonin because it really got everybody happy. Uh, yeah. It's hard because, you know, they were going through a rough time. But the fact that you were saying the most ridiculous things with the constant smile on your face, I think that just made them feel like things were going to be okay. And then it possibly gave them the confidence to, you know, uh, yeah. get, get through their shit as well. So we appreciate what you did uh, around the Zoom and the comedy experience. So we're, we're really happy that you're getting to settle down and get, you know, moving forward. We like to see the people that we hey. care about thrive. Yeah, absolutely. You definitely have a uh, a good um, a good vibe about you. I guess a good energy. And I know I know that you're one of the comics that like I guess on the Zoom because we don't really do comedy in person anymore. But like mm -hmm. you're one of the comics that like when you're there, like I feel inspired to do to do better. I guess when I would uh -huh. do uh, your mic, uh, that was the most riffing that I would ever do, just because like I felt inspired by you. Yeah. That's awesome, man. That's the best thing you can do as a performer is in inspire somebody else in their craft, man. So I think that that's awesome. Thank you. Thanks, man. Hell yeah. Do you have any? Uh, do you have any comedy heroes? I mean, besides Joe Gorman. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <And the> mustache. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Um, yeah, I guess. I don't know. I guess. You know, the, the, the usuals are like, you know, Jerry Seinfeld and Doug Stanhope, just anyone. But I guess like, you know, just anyone that like keeps working at, at comedy. That, that's most heroes. Bukowski, you know, fucking just like a guy who's able to make profit out of his demons. So I guess mm -hmm. I guess those are the heroes. Everybody's your hero. We're all yeah. your comedy heroes. Yeah. Have, have you ever had we're, a we're comedian all who you initially wasn't a fan of and then they won you over? Yeah, Dane Cook. Oh wow! Oh, I'm, really? the other, I'm, the, I'm the other way around with him. I liked him at first, and he lost me over. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? Because at first I was like, "This guy's fucking awful." You know, I don't get him. And I'm like, "Well, damn, he's fucking banging this like little fucking twenty something." <laughs> like, I guess he can't be a bad guy after all. <laughs> this guy seems pretty fucking cool now. He's like, maybe I should, maybe I should give this guy a shot. <laughs> I thought he was so clever because he referred to Burger King as the BK Lounge. Oh my and god! That was oh, the most yeah. clever thing when I was like, because I was in my early twenties, you know. Yeah. That's why I wasn't doing. That's why I wasn't doing comedy yet. The BK Lounge. <laughs> yeah. That's how I want his cool. fucking wife over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. Him and uh, him and Leonardo DiCaprio, they're getting their head headlines. <laughs> oh yeah, man. Oh boy. <laughs> I yeah. saw a really funny meme uh, of Leonardo DiCaprio from the Titanic, where he could have lived, but Rose was twenty six. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Hell yeah! So I'm glad that you're coming. I'm gonna get a T-shirt that says, "I am one of Joe Gorman's comedy heroes." Oh hell yeah. yeah! I'm gonna pass it out to the comedy scene too. Oh my goodness! We're all <laughs> we're all show comedy heroes. You have any projects or anything you're working on? Anything coming up? Yeah. Just podcast, baby. Just, Just podcast. like and subscribe to the podcast to keep it growing. What Wait, about money. what about like uh, a comedy uh, special? Did, did you ever thought about that? Do you have something like that going to happen soon or anytime ever? Maybe someday. Yeah. I mean, I, I would like to have like a half hour, I think. How hard could it be? There are some awful half hours out there. So oh, I'm sure yeah. I could put like there a half is. hour. I mean, you could shoot That's it yourself. Bad. You learned all the like tips and tricks and then release it like on YouTube or something. I think I might have to. <laughs> that seems like the right thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> that would be rad because I think America, America is ready to heal. Yeah. You think so? Yeah, I think so too. I, we can call it Joe Gorman uh, therapy sessions or something like that. We're ready to heal, Joe Gorman. 
Yeah. Time to heal. It's time to heal. Hell yeah. Oh, um, so we've talked about like all the stuff from before, current stuff and stuff that you uh want to do in the future and and all of that's all hunky dory and I like that. But uh I want to hear because some of the things that you say are so ridiculous. I want to hear what is the most perfect day to Joe Gorman? The most perfect day possible. Damn. I guess uh, I would uh, wake up and I put like an eighth of shrooms into <laughs> a, a, a blender uh, with like mango and Greek yogurt. And I just blend that fucker up, right? And then I drink it, and I get on the train, and then I would go to Central Park, and this is all before like 10 a.m., you know? And then I'm just kind of walking around Central Park, and then I'm like peeking on shrooms. And then I walk from Central Park down to the Lower East Side, which is a good couple miles, you know? And then uh, from there, you know, hopefully it's, it's mid-afternoon, and then I'd get a bike, and I'd ride that bike across the Williamsburg Bridge. And I would take it uh, back into Brooklyn. Uh, I would get something to eat. And then I would uh, go home and I would watch movies until I fell asleep. That sounds like an amazing day. That does sound like an amazing day. You can bike on shrooms. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, and you're like, like when I'm winding down, like after like two hours. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, you can bike. You just think you're in space. It's like that's oh the the walk from the walk from uh, Central Park to Lower East Side is is you know for the whole big trip in part. Wow. Have you done that the the shrimp smoothie? Yeah. Is that a real? Yeah, thing? that's the best way to. Yeah, you just put it in. You just you know put the the shrooms in a blender and you know mix it in with like a, some fruits of your choice and you're good to go, man. I always just ate them and just washed it down with a drink. I mean, you can do that too. The smoothie sounds way better. The though. smoothie does. The smoothie does sound pretty incredible. <laughs> I definitely have uh, tried. It hit. It hit really hard. It hit really hard the last time I did. It was awesome. That does sound like a really fun. Have you experienced that day before, Joe? Did that really happen to you that entire day? Are you close? I went to Coney Island. Wow. You say you went to Coney Island. Uh-huh. You went to Coney Island? On shrooms, yeah. Oh man, what's Coney Island like? I, I made like the, on shrooms. It was just cool. I mean, yeah. it's uh it, it definitely it definitely has like kind of like a uh traveling carnival but permanently there sort of vibe. <laughs> so you can tell why they they can tell like why they always use it for like haunted houses and shit, you know, scary scary shit. So it's spooky. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. It is a little spooky. What are what are some uh, cool places that you have visited up yeah, there? Yeah, like now that you're kind of like a native a little bit, uh, what are your favorite spots like to visit, eat, like etc. I mean, I like everywhere. Um, I like all of all of Manhattan is fun. I like going to the Natural History Museum. I like Central Park. Uh, I like Prospect Park. That's another fun one. Uh, I do like renting like the city bike and just riding it around um, oh, wow. Little Italy in uh, yeah I like Little Italy in in Manhattan I like to go there and, and get dinner sometimes uh, most places in Brooklyn are cool it has Brooklyn kind of has like this Oakland uh, Berkeley kind of vibe to it oh, a lot nice. of the time yeah I really like it a lot yeah all of all of New York rules. Hell yeah! Have you been to the Statue of Liberty? I've I've been by it. I've driven like I've I've been in a car and they uh, they've driven by it. And then I go to uh, there's like parts in Brooklyn where I can stand and and look at the uh, Statue of Liberty. But I haven't gone to like the plate. I haven't taken like the boat out to the island it's on. Yeah, I would imagine that'd be a pain. Hell stairs. Hell stairs. Fuck the. Do you still Uh, have? uh, Do you still have family out in the Bay Area? The one, uh, yeah, my parents still live out there. Hell yeah! Do you ever? How often do you come out? Um, not as often as I should. I'd, I'd like to come out more frequently though, so hopefully soon. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! I would like to. Uh, hopefully, like within the next year. 
Hell yeah. yeah. I'd like to hang out, you know, maybe do a show together when you come out next time. That'd be fun. That'd be rad. Yeah, that would be awesome, man. Mm-hmm. Fuck yeah, dude. Fuck yeah. Uh, so what does the, uh, I mean, besides, you know, finding a place and settling down, what does the future uh, for Joe Gorman look like? Uh, just doing stand-up comedy just for the rest of your days? You got bigger plans? What's going on? Doing the uh, doing comedy, doing podcasting, see where it takes. I mean, hell, who knows? Maybe maybe inspire some fucking people or you know become a uh, a fucking political person. Oh, oh, not, but who knows? <laughs> I think you inspire people to to quit politics. <laughs> yeah, hopefully that would be the coolest thing. That's the true healing with Joe Gorman. <laughs> Do you have any advice for uh, for comedians, upcoming comedians? Uh, just figure out who you are and, and don't worry about where other people are in comedy. Just keep doing your own thing because in the end, you're the only audience member that really matters because you're the one that's the hardest critique of your comedy. So just try to make yourself happy. If you're a fan of your comedy, then you're set for fucking life. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah, those are those are I almost clapped. Cool. I it took a lot to uh, clap. Yeah, I almost, yeah, I almost, I almost cried. I almost, almost got a tear in my eye for I that. I saw one. you felt it. You were moved. I was, like, I was moved. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hey, thanks for hanging out with us, Joe. Um, any any uh of course, buddy. Uh no, just keep being nice, be patient with each other, and uh, just let's just try to get out of this thing together. Hell yeah. A lot. I agree with that. Uh, you want to plug some social media? Uh, yeah, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Joe W. Gorman. And my podcast is Locker Room Talk. And you can follow us on Instagram at Just Some Locker Room Talk. Hell yeah. You can follow me on social media at Funky Sam Medina. All social medias and all platforms. Oh, dang. You're not going to say it? No, I'm not. Well, all right. Uh, and you can find me at She Shines for You. Uh, all spelled out. No numbers. No numbers. Uh, you're going to spell this one. Oh, Sorry. That's Gross weird. But uh, on Twitter and Instagram. And you can check me out at Athena Rodriguez Comedy on Facebook if you want. And you can follow everything else that we do at Hypothetical Comedy uh, on all platforms as well. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, thank you very much, Joe. It's really good to talk to you. I can't wait to see you in person one day uh, again and uh, awesome. hang out and stuff like that. Hell yeah. Great. Great to see both of you. <laughs>